Welcome to Puckheads. I'm Matt Rosenberg. Alongside me, Zach Smith. And, uh, well, it's another week of hockey here as we enter the middle of March. Uh, this week, a, a great sports uh, month. And we're going to have a lot of stuff on the plate today. Uh, first, we, we got to talk about the big coronavirus concerns that are starting to populate uh, all aspects of sports uh, right now here in North America. Uh, the NHL coming out, really, uh, some locker rooms are going to be closed. Some interviews are going to be conducted just at a table. Locker room access is going to be closed to most of the report, uh, like reporters and everybody. Uh the coronavirus, which is starting to creep into the U.S., not as prominent yet as it is in Europe or Asia, but you, you've got concerns as every day there seems to be more and more cases. And, Zach, uh, it's going to be something that I think is going to be monitored very closely. It seems weird to say, but this could affect the playoffs. It could affect the playoff race with games maybe played in empty arenas and stuff for essential personnel. It's something that Really, I don't think anybody has ever seen it on this type of scope before. Yeah, I have to agree. We've obviously seen this in isolated cases when, um, not as much in the U.S., but in uh, overseas where we see if there's either, like, threats of uh, terrorist attacks um, where they, you know, play in, in an empty stadium. We've seen, I think, a few cases when there's uh, either, like, roof problems where they have to clear out a big portion of the arena but never on this uh, wide scale of an event. You know, it's as far reaching as the Olympics where they're having to debate uh, whether the games will go on as uh, as scheduled. So it'll be interesting to see how the NHL continues to to address this. I mean, obviously they're putting safety um, as, as the first priority as they should, shutting down either locker rooms or certain games. Um, I agree. I think it's going uh, to... This disease isn't going, this virus isn't going away anytime soon. We're going to see if it lingers into the playoff race, and uh, it really could shape the the whole next two months and uh, change, you know, how we see sports in general. Yeah, just think, you could have major sporting events that are uh, impacted by this greatly that are, you know, grand events and if it gets to the levels that it is in Europe you're going to have where public gatherings of over so many people aren't recommended or you know aren't are not even taking place we see a lot of events here I think uh, what there's another major event in Chicago that was canceled today uh, this is something that has really shaken people and and you know I think it's, it's disrupted life and uh who don't you, know, you, you have no idea how long this is going to last, and that's going to be the interesting thing. Uh, when you look at the coronavirus, it has had an impact over in Europe with six hockey tournaments in terms of hockey. Uh, you know, nevertheless, the life perspective, which is the most important thing, but in terms of hockey, six tournaments have been canceled. Uh, you know, there's talk that the world's championships might be canceled. The women's world championships, which were supposed to take place in Canada, have been canceled this year, um, and they were supposed to happen in a couple of weeks, and you're also looking at the uh, the World Under-18s, uh, which is a big draft event for the NHL, uh, NHL. is something that might be canceled as well. It's just you simply don't know until you start to see this virus be eradicated. This is something that's a giant concern. Yeah, and it's, um, it's, it's going to continue to be something that has to be monitored. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. Um, obviously, like we said, it's a it's a game, but there are things that are more important. Obviously, we love hockey, but if it comes down to 
you know, canceling events, playing in empty stadiums. Obviously, those decisions don't come easy. Um, they're made over hours of discussion and debate. If it goes to that uh, extent, obviously, it's it's because they have good probable cause. So we'll see how it continues to develop. Obviously, uh, as Matt mentioned, it's not going away soon. It's already canceled several events and uh, is starting to be more prominent over here in North America and the United States specifically. So We'll see how uh, it continues to develop in the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, what Stanford, I believe, is possibly getting ready to cancel classes, if I remember. Uh, you look at, really, the San Jose area. There, there's talk about San Jose just playing in an empty arena right now because that's one of the hot spots. That, Seattle, New York is starting to become a hot spot now. If you see the heat map, it's really crazy of the spots as they get bigger. And I, I'm sure you've seen it, you know what I'm uh, talking about. Uh Nevertheless, let's get over to Hockey Talk. Uh, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins losing eight of the last ten. Uh, they lost six in a row at once, one, two in a row, and then over the weekend, they lose to the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes by a combined score of 11-4. to four. Two Metropolitan games. They are now five points behind the Philadelphia Flyers and the Washington Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division, and it's looking likely that unless Pittsburgh gets on a run here, they're going to wind up being either in third place or a wild card battle uh, and having to start the playoffs on the road for the first couple games. I, you know, I look at this and, I mean, they're not playing well. They're not getting a depth scoring. Patrick Marlowe scored his first goal finally as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Uh, one of the things that I heard, and I didn't really put too much stock into it, but you look at how many people the Pittsburgh Penguins added at the trade deadline. Did that affect the chemistry of this team, which has played phenomenal for most of the season while battling massive injury problems? Yeah, I really think you hit the the nail on the head there, Matt. It's uh, it's hard to you know shake up a roster as much as they did and not go through some growing pains right out of the gate. Obviously, you're looking at at least three or four guys that they put on the offensive end, a couple guys on the blue line. And those are some big pieces that they're trying to now, you know, move in with Crosby and Malkin and with their big scores. Uh, you add in some of the injury concerns they've had, and it's uh, it's not surprising that they've struggled. And then you have to look at uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are the hottest team in the league right now. I mean, they look like they're on an absolute tear. I saw something over the weekend that has Philly pegged as the uh, the best team, the team with the best odds to win the Stanley Cup with how they're playing lately. Um, you know, hockey's all about when you get hot. We saw that with the St. Louis Blues last year. And um, Philly looks like a team possessed. So, yeah, you talk about it, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. I mean, a win versus Ottawa and Buffalo aren't very impressive. And then you look at the bad losses at the LA Kings, at San Jose, at Anaheim. Um, you know, they lost at home against Buffalo it's hard not to feel uh, pessimistic about them just because they seem to not be able to get it together. They've got enough, you know, championship pedigree on the team. Hopefully they've, they can figure it out and right the ship as they go down. But at this point, I mean, it feels like that number three seed is pretty much a lock for them in the Metro because I don't see Washington or Philly um, letting go of, of currently their, their tie on top of the Metro. And I, you know, I think it's still a lock for them, that third seed, but 
it's a lot less of a lock than it was a week ago. Uh, Columbus continues to find ways to win. Carolina, the Islanders, uh, all three of those teams are within five points of the Penguins or less. Columbus is only three. You look at it from Pittsburgh's standpoint, uh, it's just, you know, like puzzling what's happening with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I happen to be listening to the end of the game, or really the post-game, uh, yesterday. And the guy was just saying, you know, they're not getting their depth scoring. They're not playing hard. They're, you know, they're playing very soft. And this is a team that is struggling right now at probably the wrong time because now it's going to cost them home ice. They're going to have a very, very tough matchup depending on what it is whether it's Philly, Washington, or some other team, which is entirely possible. And I look at this Penguins team and just, I don't know, you know? It's it's just, that's one of the puzzling things. This is a team that had every reason to quit earlier in the season, didn't. And now, the time when they need to be gelling, they're not. As for the Philadelphia Flyers and what you said, I'm surprised that they have the highest odds because they, they're not great on the road. <laughs> They play a lot differently on the road, and usually they're in shootouts on the road. Carter Hart is an entirely different goaltender on the road. So I'm surprised that odds makers are trying to give him that favor because I still think that Boston and Tampa Bay are and Washington would be higher up than Philadelphia. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. Yeah, and as long as we're talking about um, struggles, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that both Matt and I have had some struggles of our own. Um, speaking of our of our fantasy hockey league, in which we both made the the semifinals. That uh, wasn't we, fair. We were, okay. you know, we were playing to go to face off against each other in the championship. Um, now we'll battle it out for third place. A rough Monday night that started the week off poorly for Matt. Uh, I know you. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm sure you want to uh, rant a little bit about your misfortune. Okay, how does a guy have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on the same team? How did we allow that in our league? First of all, that's what I'm still trying to figure out. How in the heck did he get Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? I have no idea because it was so long ago, and I just remember it being a rainstorm yeah, that night, uh, going crazy. and rushing in to get to the draft. I'm still trying to figure out how we got Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on the same team. That's my yeah. issue. And that was just not fun. You know, it's not fun when you realize on Monday you're done. And yeah. and, and, and you, you tried to encourage me. And, <laughs> and I was in negative points after Monday. I was like, okay, well, if I, if I can just make up an incremental thing. No, I believe I was down by, like, what? 55 after Tuesday. I, I wasn't even out of single digits, I think, until Thursday. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, somehow I got my team up to, like, only lose by 60. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I cut that are pretty juicy pickups right there in our league because I, I'm just trying anything and everything, and none of my goalies showed up at all. Uh, at one point, I had five goaltenders on my roster in this past week. And you could only play two. And literally every time I would be like, oh, this goalie's going to have two starts. No, somebody would get hurt. And yeah, it was just, it was not fun. It's, you know, I would rather get beat by that in fantasy sports than lose a five-point game and second-guess myself. Yeah. So I was at peace with the loss about Wednesday. Then I was mad at myself for giving up so easily, which would be the moves that I made. I made all seven moves that I could and and. Yeah, it was not fun. It's it's one of those things. Our league is 
strange to me that we ended the regular season like two weeks ago, and I'm so used to, because we're ESPN leagues, that in hockey, baseball, or basketball, to my knowledge, it's a two-week game in mm-hmm. the playoffs, and it's only been a one-week game. And and it's funny because you and I, I called the fact that I was not feeling very confident, especially when I saw they had McDavid and Dreisaitl. Then they went nuts last Monday. But before then, you and I were texting Monday during the day, and you're like, oh, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, no, the first, the top two seeds got knocked off. And, and I, you know, would have preferred to play anybody else at that point because I did not feel good. And But, you know, you were the eighth seed in our 10-team league, and you made it to the semis, and now we're playing in the third-place game. And, I mean, do we get any money? Yeah, do we no. get any money from Steve for third place? No. Did I, you check I, with him? I, I didn't, but I'm pretty sure it's winner take all. So our game. Because uh, I have no idea because I wasn't physically at the draft. I don't think so. I think we're just playing for bragging rights at this point, which maybe it's a little fair that it comes down to you and I at the yes. end of it because there's no reason I should even be in the playoffs, much less had a right. chance to, to win it all. So um, we did our best to all our loyal fans out there. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry I suck. We're sorry to disappoint you. We both got just walloped um, in fantasy this week. All right, now uh, I'll let Matt, uh, you know, I, we got our rant off of our, off our, you know, lines. Yes. Let's get back into, you know, hockey that really matters. All right, the log jam right now for the wildcard spot. So, Zach, I'm going to read you some stuff here, okay? In the East, you have Toronto up by three points over Florida. Uh, for that third spot, Toronto has not been able to pull away. Florida gives them every chance, and then Toronto started losing. Florida's, Florida has one game in hand on Toronto. We're anywhere between 12 and, like, 15 games left on the season, depending on what team it is. Columbus has played 70 games, uh, by the way. They are first in the wildcard race. They have 81 points. They are three behind Pittsburgh for third place in the Metropolitan. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Islanders have... They are tied for the second wild card at 79 points. They have three games in hand on the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is where the games in hand becomes a big, big factor. Florida has two games in hand on Columbus. They're five points behind. Can't necessarily count them out. Uh, they're still hanging around. But uh, their likelihood to a playoff spot is with Toronto. Here's a, a interesting nugget. That I came across yesterday. Uh, Carolina beat Pittsburgh, as we previously alluded to. Carolina and Pittsburgh, that was their first meeting this year. They will play three more times before the end of the month. Their entire regular season series is just the month of March. So that, to me, is one of the weird scheduling quirks that I came across uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, we've talked about how loaded this Eastern Conference is. Um, we thought it was going to be... Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Pittsburgh as the clear number four, um, you know, top four teams. I don't know if you can, the way Pittsburgh has been playing, put them in that same category anymore. And now you're looking at Philly, who's hot. Um, Columbus and Carolina are going to have a good chance to to sneak in. The Islanders are right there. It's just so competitive. Um, I mean, you've got, what, five teams that are within five points of that final wild card spot or of that first wild card spot. So it's uh, it's uber competitive. And as you mentioned, these these teams are playing each other a lot in this last month. Every game's going to matter. It's going to be interesting to see who's still left standing because 
you look at some of these teams, Columbus has been a little shaky, but they're starting to get back on the same uh, streak they had just a month ago. Carolina, who we questioned their goaltending, they're, st- they're starting to play together. The Islanders made some big moves. Are they going to work out for them? It's it's going to be crazy as we get down to these final weeks. Who's left standing? Because as we've seen, any team that makes it in has a chance to go on a run. We saw that last year with Tampa getting knocked out in the first round. So all these teams believe that they have a chance. I think we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of really good hockey and a lot of really intense rivalries start to build up in these last uh, few weeks here. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. You have five th- teams for three spots. You know, the two Atlantic teams, the three uh, Metropolitan teams, the Rangers are still hanging around there. Uh, you know, it's incredible when you think about what's been able to be done uh, so far in the Eastern Conference and the fact that we really are nowhere closer. I mean, if the playoffs started today, that Washington hosting Columbus, you'd have uh, Pittsburgh and Philly. Philly and Pittsburgh, you'd have uh, you'd have Boston and I believe it's Carolina, yep, and then you'd have uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto in the East, so and this log jam I think is only going to get tighter as we go through these next couple of weeks so in about two weeks we'll start looking at possible playoff matchups and kind of ranking them in terms of which ones we look forward to and uh, trying to come up with some creative stuff about that, so uh, if I had one in the East right now that I was looking, I'd be looking forward to, it'd be the battle for Pennsylvania. Uh, that, to me, by far is the most intriguing series. And Zach is nodding his head in agreement uh, uh, for that. So, uh, looking at the Western Conference, you have Minnesota, somehow, in the first wild card. They are one point ahead of Nashville, Winnipeg, and Vancouver. <laughs> uh you know, and you want to talk about a log jam there. So Nashville, Winnipeg, and Vancouver, if I, yes, they all have 76 points. You have Nashville and Vancouver have one game in hand. Winnipeg has the same amount of games as Minnesota. Calgary is third in the Pacific Division. They are three points behind Edmonton. They are three points ahead of Vancouver. Vancouver has two games in hand on the Calgary Flames. And I think it's time that we can put to bed the Blackhawks any chance for getting into the, sneaking into the playoffs. That was ended with this awful weekend. But you look at this, I, this is a Minnesota team that, I mean, give them credit. They're plucky, and you got to think, what, maybe 92 points is going to get you a playoff spot, if that, in the Western Conference. You have Nashville, who's been there. Uh, you have Winnipeg. You have Vancouver. I mean, you're going to have a lot of fun hockey all the way down the stretch. And... And really, this Vancouver should have been in a very comfortable playoff spot, but they have faded because of the injury to Jacob Martz. I mean, you see just how valuable he's been for them this year. Yeah, I think the big story of this Western Conference log jam is the Pacific, and I think it's starting to fall the way that uh, we sort of thought it would. Vegas and Calgary, to me, were the two teams that had the most experience, had been there, at least Vegas had, had made a cup run before, uh, Calgary playing well last year. Edmonton, um, a bit of a surprise because we weren't sure if the rest of the team was going to be able to to keep pace with uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, but they're you know they're doing their due diligence there. So I'm not surprised that of the Pacific, Vancouver and Arizona, especially with their goaltending injuries, were the two teams to fade. Arizona just surprising to me. It seemed like when they made that Taylor Hall move months ago, it was going to be 
the difference between them, you know, being a wild card spot or being, uh, you know, tops in the Pacific. So I don't know. Any of these teams have a chance to make it. It's really going to come down to whose goaltending uh, is best as we get closer to the um, to the end of the season. So I don't know. I can't predict. I think Vegas. I I think the top three central teams are locked in. That's pretty clear to me. I think Vegas and Calgary and Edmonton are pretty secure in their top spots. Um, but you can make a case for any of the other five teams in that wild card race. And um, you know, Minnesota's been a great surprise. Nashville was the team I dubbed as having the best chance to sneak in as the Pacific kind of cannibalized itself. Um, if Vancouver can stay healthy, they've got the pieces. So I don't know. It's just, it's so tough to predict what's going to happen. Um, but again, really good hockey, a lot of young teams going for it. And we're going to see what happens. Yeah, we are. You know, you have Colorado trying to hunt down St. Louis for the first uh, top seed. We know that Pacific Division winner isn't going to get the top seed. But, uh, you know, I, I like the way Minnesota's played lately, uh, except for that 7-3 drumming uh, against the LA Kings. Minnesota won last night against Anaheim. But, you know, Alex Stalot's played very well from this Minnesota team. Uh, you know, I've been on record that I really like what Winnipeg's doing. I think if Winnipeg can get in the playoffs, they can be a dangerous team. Uh, if the playoffs started today, it would be the Vegas Golden Knights would be taking on the Minnesota Wild. You'd have Edmonton against Calgary in a battle of Alberta. You'd have St. Louis would be taking on, I believe, Nashville because Nashville has the tiebreaker right now currently. Or is it Winnipeg? I, I think it's Nashville. Is it Vancouver? Oh, sorry. St. Louis would be taking on Vancouver. I apologize. You're right about that. I, I saw it earlier today. And then it would be Colorado at Dallas. To me, the premier matchup right now would be the Battle of Alberta after the brawls that they've had uh, throughout this season. So I think that that would be a fun one to watch. All right, let's get to the Chicago Blackhawks talk. You know, this is a team they, can t- they win, they win, they win four in a row. Back to back after an impressive win against Edmonton at home. And they just completely do not show up for the Detroit game. They get outplayed. They lose to a team that had, what, 15 wins on the season? The Detroit Red Wings. And they lose in regulation. They don't get any points. They come back last night, play St. Louis in a very, very cool all-female broadcast, by the way, uh, for International Women's Day. And I watched that, and I thought it was a great broadcast. Uh, I thought NBC Sportsnet did a fantastic job. Uh, I hope that you see more of those because I think that you know you need to see more and more uh, opportunities for women in sports media. But again, they get no offense going against the St. Louis Blues, and they've scored one goal in the grand total of the last two games. And that's this Blackhawks team. They take one step forward, two steps back. They never, ever get any consistency. And like I called it, you know, after winning four in a row, they'll lose three in a row. Then they're going to win four in a row and tease you again. They are literally the ultimate tease right now. And that's the story of the Chicago Blackhawks um, this year to me. And Adam Wilquist uh, being evaluated for a concussion off a nasty hit last night. Yeah, it's, I mean, you've you've summed it up perfectly. It's frustrating because, um, you know, they give you hope, then they break your heart in the span of a week and a half, and it's just, it, it's exhausting to try and uh, keep up as, as a loyal fan. I know you touched on it last week, man, the notes I left for you, but, God, that 
that Tampa Bay loss was so embarrassing. I mean, I just have to, as I'm looking back at their last 10 played, this Hawks team offensively isn't good enough to score, you know, in some games, two or three goals. How you let them get five unanswered in the third period is beyond me, especially at home. But then they, they get a big win at Florida. You know, that's a big win that they barely held on to at home against Edmonton. Um, watching that game in the third, I thought for sure we were going to see McDavid and Dreisaitl just put up 10 on the Hawks, uh, and Crawford stands tall. And then, you know, you mentioned it, an embarrassing loss to Detroit and a, a tough game against St. Louis where the score probably could have been more. You, you remain competitive, but it's just clear that St. Louis is a much better team than Chicago. So, you know, they're going to keep playing hard. They're going to keep breaking our hearts. Um, and I was talking about it uh, with our with our mutual friend Steve. You know, if they could make a run to the playoffs, it's not the worst thing to get experience for these young guys, but I just don't think they have it in them. Um, I don't think it's good that they should start tanking at this point of the season to get a better draft pick, even though long-term that's the better plan is to get a top pick. But we mentioned at the beginning of the season, if you're going to have these young guys up and you're going to burn that contract year, get as much as you can out of them. I feel like the the growing experiences that they've had and the progression they've shown through the season are going to be beneficial for years to come for the Hawks. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're out of it. Um, they're going to remain competitive just because they go on these streaky runs and the West is going to continue to beat the crap out of each other in those wild card spots. But I don't think they have what it takes. And I don't honestly, I don't think they deserve to make it over some of these other teams that are in the hunt. I agree with you. I, I think that, uh, you know, they don't, and they've shown they're incapable. Uh, their power play is awful. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if any changes are made to this team in the offseason, but I agree with you. Look, there's no reason to take. You still play hard and hope that you get rewarded for your hard play, and, you know, they got rewarded for a hard play last year. It probably won't happen again. Uh, you usually don't get lottery luck like that twice, uh, so we'll see. All right, our top three this week. It's Hart Trophy candidates as we enter one month left in the season. And, uh, Zach, I'm interested to hear yours. I will go very first. Uh, number three for me is David Posternock of the Boston Bruins. He's the leading goal scorer in the NHL right now. He's got 48 goals. He's got 94 points. He's in the top five of points. Uh, he has simply been the best player on the best team. Uh, he's been consistent all year long, and David Posternock has been phenomenal. My number two is Leon Dreisaitl. Best player on the best, you know, on the most offensive team so far this year. He has 110 points. He is going to win the Art Ross Trophy. It's not even close. Uh, and he's got a double digit lead on everybody else. We got Drysaddle running away with it. And to me, what Drysaddle did when Connor McDavid was out elevates him to a top point MVP candidate. And this is a guy who's had, I think, eight point weeks the last two weeks. Uh, Dreisaitl has just been phenomenal. My number one is Artemi Panarin because the Rangers have no business being in a playoff race, and they are very close to the uh, playoff race and the wild card. They're hanging around there, and if they can find a way to come within a couple points or even snag one of the wild card spots, Artemi Panarin has 93 points, 32 goals, 61 assists. He has been the engine that has made this team go, and uh, he is a huge reason why the Rangers are looking at a shorter retool than most people expected. And Artemi Panarin, what a free agent pickup for the New York Rangers. 
Yeah, I think those are some great picks. Uh, I have some shared names on mine, so I'll start with my number three. I have Artemi Panarin just because the Rangers are on the outside looking in. Uh, I agree with you. They wouldn't even be sniffing a playoff spot if not for him. He's been arguably the best Ranger in the last 10, 15 years. Um, the best pickup by far. He's been worth every every single cent that they've spent on him, and, and he's going to be a great cornerstone for that team for the next uh, decade if he chooses to stay there that long. He's got 32 goals, 61 assists, uh, fourth in the league in points so far this season, and has just been uh, has been exciting to watch. He's complete. He's electric when he's on there. I mean, he's he's great to watch. My number two is Nathan McKinnon, 35 goals, 58 assists, 93 points, tied for fourth with Artemi Panarin uh, for fourth in the league in points. This is uh, a guy who's been fantastic the last few years and we're finally starting to see him put the entire game together the on the ice the off the ice um, aspect of it is starting to match up it's um, been incredible to watch this Colorado team currently the third uh, most potent offense in the league and in large part to McKinnon um, and and the cast that he has there so he's my number two um, as they fight for that top spot in the central my number one, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Matt, you mentioned it most. He's not getting caught in the you know total points. He's currently up 14 over the second-highest scorer, uh, 43 goals, 67 assists. The two things that do it for me, obviously the numbers are staggering by themselves. Um, Edmonton's going to make the playoffs you know, without a complete collapse. They're going to have a top spot. And also... As McDavid goes out, you think this is it. This is when this team falls apart because we've been hesitant all year. He keeps them just as competitive. Um, I think he's always kind of had that little question mark over his head of, you know, is he just the benefit of playing with McDavid on the same line? He's shown that he's, you know, just as just as good as him, just as important to the team. So I have him as my number one. If Edmonton makes the playoffs, um, I think it's it's pretty much a lock for him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think eventually it's going to be Dreisaitl. Um, I just have a hard time seeing it not being. But, I mean, you mentioned Nathan McKinnon, what Colorado's done with a bunch of injuries as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, you still got a month to go. And usually this last month is what clinches the Hart Trophy. Uh, you know, people value this last month more uh, heavily than all the other months combined, it seems like. So... Uh, we will see. All right. Uh, players of the week. My player of the week is the aforementioned Leon Dreisaitl. Again, for the second week in a row. Uh, eight points. Just phenomenal. Uh, destroyed my fantasy team uh, before the first night was over. So, yeah. Leon Dreisaitl. Thank you for ruining my chance at winning money. Yeah. A great pick. I'm staying on the same team, but going to the goaltending. Uh, Miko Koskinen, who had two big wins. On the road at Dallas versus Columbus. He then comes into relief in Chicago when they pulled Mike Smith. Saves 10 on the 10 shots and is really the main reason why Edmonton had a chance to crawl back into that game. Overall on the week, he saved 97 of 99 shots. That's a 98 save percentage. Um, you know, just a fantastic week for him. And, you know, when we talk about the supporting cast for Edmonton that supports Dreisaitl and McDavid... If Koskinen and Smith are able to play as well as they have so far this year, they're going to have a great chance to go on a run. So Koskinen is my player of the week. All right. Uh, game of the week. I have 
for my game of the week, the two teams that are battling it out in the Western uh, Conference for playoff positioning, for a wild card spot potentially, or, uh, you know, basically a wild card spot, although Calgary is in the third spot right now in the Pacific Division. I have the Winnipeg Jets traveling to the Calgary Flames on Saturday night. That should be a great game. Uh, I think it's probably a Hockey Night in Canada uh, part of their doubleheader. So I have the Winnipeg Jets at the Calgary Flames. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm going to give you a game that starts your your Saturday off right so that you can start with the first noon game. It is the Minnesota Wild at the Philadelphia Flyers. Listen, Minnesota's been um, you know just a great story as they um, continue to play hard. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, first wild card spot. Philly, the hottest team in the league right now. Um, they're going to be at home, so you're going to see the the absolutely fantastic Carter Hart and Nett if he's suiting up. I think it's going to be a good game. So you can bookend your Saturday full of hockey. My game is the first one at noon, Matt's game, 9 p.m. It's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. Uh, perfect Saturday uh, to end the week. Uh, so I, I like that. All right, now we're on to our latest edition of Smith's Hits. All right, we'll wrap this up quickly for you. Pod picks thirty six and eighteen overall seventy three and forty four. Uh, three quick games for the Tuesday night slate. First one: Boston Bruins at the Philadelphia Flyers. Listen, Boston is plus one and a half. It's it's rare this season to ever see them not picked as the favorite. That's just how good Philly's been. I think Boston at plus one and a half is good value. I don't see them getting blown out like some of these teams have in Philly. Um, but we'll see. It's going to be a good game regardless. My second game, Carolina Hurricanes at the Detroit Red Wings. Carolina's minus 230 on the mo- on the money line, and obviously they should. Detroit's awful. Carolina's starting to heat up as they're trying to keep that wild card spot, and so take the Hurricanes on the money line. The New York Islanders at the Vancouver Canucks is my third game. I think this is an underrated Tuesday night matchup. The Islanders right now on the outside looking in. Vancouver trying to hold on to that second wild card spot. The uh, line sits at five and a half. Um, the question marks that Vancouver has in nets, I just think it you should take the over. Um, six goals isn't too hard to reach in a matchup like this, so I think you're going to have good value on the over in that game. All right, those are some pits, so uh, you know, try to make a little bit of money off of it, uh, if you will. So, uh, for Zach. I'm Matt. That's all the time we have this week. We'll see you next week as we come closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have a great week, everybody.